You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 162. My name is Clark from 5cardguys on Instagram and 5cardguys.com. Co-hosting with me as usual is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John who is Trade You at Recess. Okay, so today we got a pretty cool guest on the pod. And if you're on social media, you probably know who he is already. Everyone knows him as Daps, D-A-P-P-Z. And he is the founder of Dap Sports. They do a lot of breaking content, but also other fun hobby videos of them at live card shows, interacting with other hobbyists and collectors, as well as interviews with hobby influencers we all know. So we're excited about getting to know Daps and just his incredible journey in the hobby. We'll play that interview for you guys in a minute, but off the top today, I'm not sure if you guys saw Shine's post recently, Shine the big time high-end collector, but he was showing off his Julio Rodriguez Bowman Chrome Super Fractor, the first Bowman rookie autograph card, and it was graded a BGS 9.5 gem mint with a 10 auto. Pretty sweet card. Any guesses on how much this card will be worth today? Ah, oh, man. Uh, it, it is a beautiful card. It is a true gem plus, too. Um, right. So my, my take on this, I would I would value it at... Based on Julio's season this year, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome, which is incredible. Like this guy's gonna be fun, fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, he's 22 years old. Just remember, and he crazy you know, 30 30 season with 100 RBIs. Yeah. You know, very elite category. And just to give you context, Mike Trout probably had a better first two years. Like, or by the time he was 22 right. years old, Mike Trout. His numbers are probably even better than Julio. So just to put yeah. it into perspective, and um, at the time, there was a record sale with Mike Trout's uh, first moment uh, Super Refractor that Vegas Dave mm-hmm. sold at, for $3.9 million, right? So um, mm-hmm. based on that, uh, and that was pre-market boom. That was just right, right before the market boom. Uh, but I would say it should... I mean, I'm not comparing Julio with Trout. You have to see the upside in that card, but I would say it's between one and two million. I'd say. Wow. Um, And because I believe at the peak, a a red Julio sold for. um, 276,000. There you go. 276,000. So if, if, if Mike Trout's red, I believe sold for 474,000, somewhere around there. And, Mm -hmm. and, his super sold for you know four million plus you know i would i would probably place it in a similar range but not obviously as high as trout because he still has to play but um yeah like he's the i mean people are comparing him to you know ken griffey jr you know in seattle right so and his numbers aren't off like i mean there's there's an argument there as well so julio's the real deal one but it's going to be exciting to see you know how he pans out and that and it all depends on you know the availability of that card you know i'm sure if it's sold every year the value would wouldn't be as you know um i guess uh attractive 
you know, but I mean, I mean, two, three years Julio has, and this is the thing. He's 22 years old. He hasn't had a season yet, mm-hmm. you know, and when I say his season, this is when you look at, you know, Trout's career, you're like, okay, this was definitely his season or his three, four years. This is definitely the period where he had a season, probably 2019 for Trout, to be honest. That's when he sold yeah. it. He had like 45 home runs and a hundred RBIs. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I would value it. Yeah, pretty high, I guess, just because uh, Julio's the real deal, man. He's not he's not a B type superstar. He's an A type superstar. He's gonna be the future of the game, right? The Ronald Acuna's, the Mike Trout's, the Shohei Otani's, the Julio Rodriguez. That's that's the category, right? So mm. yeah, I would say yep. uh, one to two. Wow. Okay. Wasn't expecting that. I mean, none none <laughs> of us really know the big <laughs> the big boy market, so we're not one to speak, but. I, I, I totally would have guessed, like, if that went on auction, I would have guessed maybe 500000 And maybe I'm being a bit light, but I feel like in this day and age, a current market, even on high-end stuff, people are very weary to spend a million dollars. Like, a million dollars has now become sort of like a big benchmark uh, to spend on a sports card. So I think it would have to be something certainly very, very special, but... We also know who the purchaser is, right? It's Shine 150, and he has already proven himself to be uh, very much, you know, like I think people, a lot of people criticize him and maybe view him as like a complete investor, but I don't think so. I think he's a collector, man. I think the way that you see him do breaks and he breaks like exquisite, he just broke exquisite this past week. I don't know if you guys watched that, but he has a large appetite for risk he he doesn't he doesn't care like he he does it to enjoy it right and i think he clearly enjoys uh chasing unique and and cer- certainly cards that nobody else has right so like anytime there's an opportunity for him to have, to get a one of one um so i don't think i wouldn't be surprised if like he paid what hyung is saying like a million because obviously the guy who had the card i would assume probably didn't want to sell it and Shine had to walk in there and be like, okay, you don't want to sell it? What's the actual number? Like, what number is going to get you to get rid of that card, right? So I'm sure he had to overpay. And I mean, it's worth whatever uh, somebody's willing to pay for it. So, but yeah, I, yep, I, I would have guessed 500000 but a million wouldn't. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what it costed. Uh, you know, I was thinking close to five, 600000 as well, just based on um, the last red refractor comp. Right, and I didn't really think about right. the way Hyung did comparing him to to Trout and you know like to other players in general. So um, that's a good point that you made, Hyung. And and uh, you know if I was Shine, like and and the you know how we feel all feel about J Rod, I would just sit on it. Like I could I could totally see it being if it's not a million dollar card now, I could totally see it being a million dollar card in a few years if his career trajectory continues the way that yeah. it is going right now you know and and like i'm looking at the stats right now it's 31 home runs 36 stolen bases 100 rbis batting 285 yeah. elite elite numbers you know can he hit a can he do a 40 40 season yeah for sure you know like that's very well possible right so i think um i think everything's looking out for him that being said uh, the follow-up question i had for you is that you know there was a lot of hype with J-Rod, right? Going into the season, especially last season in particular, he was the face of MLB. Then, you know, it's a year later. Do you think the hype has died down enough 
for his value to be a good buy, or do you think you would wait a little longer? I think uh, I think you're kind of seeing it, but then his his prices kind of picked up again. And I think mm. the reason why his prices were so high is because people are expecting him to do incredible stuff right off the bat, which he did. And even this year, he came out the gates really slow. Like mm. we're talking like everybody was off J-Rod, right? Yeah. And that's that's the scope of our market. It's like it runs on emotions. People think because, you know, look at Juan Soto every year. He's hitting 250 until June, July, and then, and then he ends up having a pretty decent season. But by then, everybody's off him. The The spring training hype has died down. So, yep. yeah, it's uh, I think I think his prices came down a lot. And I think he's the type of player where if he does have another massive season, you're going to see his values keep going up again, right? And if he has a... a, a a poor season or not even a poor season, but not as productive as this year, his prices are going to go down. Look at Vladdy's pricing from his MVP oh, yeah. seasons. You know, those last two seasons uh, were Brutal. not, were not MVP esque and his prices have come down. You look at every, even Acuna. Uh, the only reason why his markets back up is because he's playing the way people thought he, he was playing. So his prices right. and look at Otani's same thing. It's like when he's relevant, his prices stay, but the moment you know he's he's not relevant, you know people panic and you know go on to the next uh, best thing, right? So I think you got to play the mm-hmm. game with that context in mind. So yeah. it's it's if you believe in Julio long term, I think it's a good plan to lock up those big big cards like the super fractors or the red autos if you could get your hands on it, you know, um, at a cheaper price than what these future potential values can be right and i think yeah the one to two million dollar like super fractor that i say about hulu that that's given that he's you know three to three to five years he's he's gonna hit potentially 300 one year with 40 home runs and 120 rbis 120 runs scored he has an 8.5 war like just incredible right so uh and that's what people are expecting out of him right like they're expecting him to be the next generational type player. So uh, I think he's he's going to be a buy the next five years. <laughs> like, but in, in, in pockets, you got to pick and choose when, when that timing is right. And like I said, it, it all depends on your, on your game. Some people don't have, they, they won't sit on a card for longer than a year. Some people won't sell a card ever. Right. So it's like, uh, depending on what type of game you're playing, I think there's always uh, a good buying period and a good selling period. So it's just a matter of finding those right. good buying periods on a player like Julio, which is the right player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think, uh, if you're into the volatility game, short, very short term within season, uh, I think there's good opportunity to buy J-Rod in the offseason in hopes for some volatility during the season. I think if you're into J-Rod long-term, I don't think the right time to buy is now. I think that once he kind of ex- exits that hype window, I think there's going to be better times to buy then. But um, if you're, you know, like Hyung kind of mentioned, if you're buying big boy cards like red refractors and stuff, I mean, those are the kind of cards you just have to take advantage whenever they pop up, right? So who's to say? Um, 
But I, I think one, one thing that outside of J-Rod, and he's kind of a part of this, what's going to be interesting about baseball next year is I think there is going to be light that is, you know, that gets put back onto guys like J-Rod and, you know, like Tatis, you know, like I, I don't think people want to hear, some people want to hear Tatis, but we're big on Tatis. Juan Soto, mm-hmm. like the the hyped players of yesterday, I think they could come back next year because to be honest, I, sure. Otani took like all of the baseball market cap this year. Like any money that was available to spend on sports cards, Otani took it all up and he took away all of the shine of all the other, you know, maybe outside of Acuna, he took the shine off of everybody. So I think next year baseball is going to be interesting mm-hmm. when Otani doesn't have that hype. Maybe he's not pitching that year and he's batting fairly average, you know, and then all of a sudden the other big boys are, are then Vladdy's going to make a big comeback. Like you just, you don't know. Right. So I think it's going to be interesting for baseball next year. It might be a time to move on a lot of cards. Sure. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Well, Shoei's definitely not pitching next year, but right. Yeah. Watch him hit 60 homers. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> always say something on this pod and it always comes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I'm all in on Shohei if his price is dip. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm back in. Me too. Um, but you know, going back to J-Rod, the best time to buy J-Rod, I'll tell you what it is, okay? If you look at the standings, Toronto Blue Jays, our Toronto Blue Jays, Seattle Mariners, and the Texas Rangers are all half a game out of this wild card. There's a three of them right now for right. the wild card race. Toronto's in, Seattle's in right now, and Rangers are technically tied with Seattle, but I guess the, the tiebreaker works in the Mariners' favor. Best time to buy? Got to hope that Seattle doesn't make it to the playoffs. <laughs> so, you know, and there they go golfing right away. And it's Texas, Toronto. <laughs> then you look at the prices, okay? And that's what I'm hoping for because I feel like, you know, I, I still have that bitter taste of last year's playoff with the Jays between the Mariners. We should have won that game. Do you, am I the only one that remembers this? Oh, yeah. I, should have I, won? That, that was a heartbreak. <laughs> the collapse. Ridiculous. The collapse, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping we don't see a repeat. And and it'll also be great for me to look for good J-Rod prices if Seattle doesn't make it to the playoffs mm. uh, this this year. And sorry to all our Seattle fans out there. <laughs> this is, you know, we got to root for the Jays. So, um, so yeah, that's that's when you should look. But if they do make it to the playoffs, you could, you know, I could see a good run on J-Rod prices during the playoffs. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, he's going he's gonna to do well. Yeah, so we'll see how uh, things work out for the J-Rod market. And and I'll, one more thing before we go on to the interview. Staying on the topic of superfractors, do you guys hear the story about the Victor is tourist oh, yeah. superfractor, mm. right? That was pulled by two different breakers. Yes, apparently there's two, quote, one of one <laughs> superfractors out there from the 2023 Bowman Chrome Baseball set, which begs the question, do you think there's more double superfractors out there of different players in this set, I don't know what's going on here. I think I think it's it's just a quality control issue, an accident. You know, you don't see it much. This is the first time hearing it, and you know, in, in the in five years that I've been in back in the in the card market, uh, and apparently I was I was reading through some comments, and apparently uh, within the hour, you know, fanatics had reached out to uh, the oh, really? people that pulled. That and realized that it was an error. What they actually did with kind of like who gets the super fractor or what? Mm. Um, right. Maybe may, maybe they'll try trade it for like a wild card taco fractor or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, but right. 
but I don't think it's tourists is a huge chase anyways. So I, I think it's just a one-off, one-off deal where, you know, it happens, you know, and I don't, I think they're going to get a lot of slack for it, which deservingly so it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous, but it's not like it's happening every single day. Um, and the fact that you have a lot more, I'm, I'm a lot more, this is what people don't realize. People are so, uh, disgusted with fanatics, just their quality. They, they think it's so mm-hmm. bad, but I guarantee you tops was not any better. If, if there's anything that tops needed, they needed sure, support. Yeah. They needed help. They needed someone to come in and figure out their crap and make it better. So I'm still hopeful in that stuff. Like, you know, how they respond, uh, how quickly they respond, uh, to issues like this is, is kind of like a, a positive sign. Uh, that Fanatics is doing the right things to, to do it. By by no means was this great, but I don't think it's it's something that is you have to say, okay, you know, this is an issue, ongoing issue that, you know, Fanatics needs to clean up their quality control. For the most part, right. they've been okay. Fair. Right. What was I? I was just watching, it might have been Sports Card Investor. I, I saw briefly, like for a minute, um, but they did mention that there have been other instances like this, like other random cards numbered to 25 and, you know, like people pull the same one, 11 out of 25, right? right. And, um, you know, I, I I think it's pretty significant and it's, it's not to say that it'll happen again, but this is again another like uh, pretty high profile mistake that Tops has made, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it shouldn't like, yeah, it's a mistake that could happen, but it should like it shouldn't happen. It should never happen. And and, and a, good, a good point that I did listen to um, off of social media, uh, I think again, I think it was Sports Card Investor, but uh, somebody from their group was mentioning, "What if this was like you, the three of us? What if we pulled one of the super factors, and then the other one was pulled by a breaker? You know, mm-hmm. and then people are going to be like, yeah, you guys are that's a fake one. You guys are making it up because." You know, maybe we didn't pull it on air. We just pulled it like between us just having fun. Um, right. In this instance, it's very lucky because both were pretty high profile breakers and it was on video. Right, so right. clearly there's two of them out there. Right. Um, so I, I think that, you know, like if it was any other instance, uh, when if one was on video and one was not, you could run into some very, you know, like maybe even and tops would be questioning, you know, this mistake and saying like, no, 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 denying it that it wasn't a mistake and whatever. Like a lot of things can kind of uh, make the the situation blurred. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think tops, to be honest, for, for me, I think tops should be taking a lot of flack here and should be owning up, you know, like we should be hearing some sort of statement or something. I think this is a pretty, pretty significant mistake. You know, maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion, sure. but I, I feel like it's a pretty significant mistake. Sure. You know what? Like when you're talking about, like if it, if it had been the three of us ripping in private and we got the the second superfractor, right? You know what our best defense is for that? It's like why would we make a fake Victor as tourist superfractor? Yeah, no, out, out of all, I'm getting I'm making the Drew Jones. <laughs> yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, that's and that true. would be more. You know, more questioned, of course, but we're like, you know what? Let's make a fake Victor Stewart's one of one. <laughs> hey, he's the nephew of. Remember Caesar Stewart's and my Sierra Stewart? Caesar Stewart's, I think, might have played for the Jays, actually. No. They're all related? Anyways, he's he's uh, Victor Stewart's his nephew. Oh. Oh, okay. Interesting. 
Wow. Just okay. uh, yeah, random. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I put this, um, I made a reel on Instagram about this double superfractor of Victor Asturias. And I just want to read a couple of comments, okay? One is from our friend Refractor Jones, who we interviewed in the pod. Mm-hmm. And he's been in the hobby for a while. And this is what he said. This has gone on since 2007. I have a stack of superfractors that shouldn't be out in the hobby world, but I have them. Oh, so man. it's been going on, apparently. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, you know. So it, it is exists. a common so, mistake. Mm. You know why? Because common, it's 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 also like tops prints and sheets, right? So right. I'm sure they have they have they they don't just print out one superfractor. They 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 have they have it per sheet. So there's gonna be uh, backups out there, that, but mm. they just they're not supposed to be released on the run, right? right? <laughs> That's the problem. Is you have you have some sticky fingers uh, internally. You know, you just. <laughs> You just never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it that way either. And uh, the other comment from 304 Sports Cards, he had the perfect solution on how to deal with this. If Topps is looking for a way to deal with this issue, he says, rock, paper, scissors, and the loser has to destroy theirs. It's the <laughs> only way. <laughs> that's awesome. I think uh, that's... Uh, must view TV. They should stream that and then see what happens. <laughs> they got to destroy it on air. Great idea. 304 sports cards. Love that. Um, yeah, pretty funny, <laughs> I guess, that this has happened. And we'll see uh, if Tops uh, comes up with a statement on how they're going to deal with this. Okay, with that, let's play our interview with Daps that we had earlier today. All right, we have another special guest on the pod today. He goes by Daps, and he is the founder of Daps Sports. If you have TikTok, if you have Instagram, if you have YouTube, I'm sure you've seen some of their very entertaining content, whether it's breaking high-end product, trade-up challenges at card shows or top five lists, which I love. Um, You know, if you've been to the bigger card shows in person, you might have met Daps as well, making some deals. But today, he's here with us to talk sports cards, so... Daps, welcome to the podcast. Clark, pleasure to be here. I'm uh, excited to be with Five Card Guys. Amazing, amazing opportunity I have. Love it, love it. So um, yeah, I was very much looking forward to this uh, talk as well. So uh, I usually start by asking our podcast guests how they got into collecting, but you've built this impressive business in the hobby. So on top of sharing when you started collecting, I was hoping you can also share... Uh, when did you figure out this could also be a business? And, and I'm just wondering, how did it all get started for you? So I started collecting in the 90s Pokemon. I was the, uh, the prime candidate for being, a, you know, like a Pokemon rookie, a true rookie, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and my grandfather was a scout for the New York Jets. So I kind of just through the family, loved football, was a huge sports fan, played basketball, baseball, mm. golf, um, every sport growing up that I could possibly play. I always wanted to be outside. And, you know, fast forward to, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the way that DAP Sports actually started was a YouTube channel. It oh, was no me talking directly into camera and just explaining to people, hey, I've bought these cards. I made X amount of money on them. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I bought these cards and I lost X amount of money on them. <laughs> right. And I think that the authenticity and then me just being genuine in the camera talking about my wins and losses and showing, hey, if, if you're smarter than me and you make the right picks, you can make money in this. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I think I first caught wind of you on Instagram and then on TikTok, of course. But so so that's uh, that was interesting. You started on YouTube. When did you kind of 
go from YouTube and, and to the other social media platforms? Was that shortly thereafter or a bit later? So Insta Instagram came next right after YouTube. And then <clears throat> I started to break and it just, like you said, it took off. And one day after the next, it was, it was more and more of my time and energy that I had to put into the stream. Right. And eventually it got to the point where I couldn't really manage myself producing the YouTube videos and being on stream every single day. Mm. And my priority was, was keeping the stream going every single night, being on at 5 PM and going until the, the stream ended. Um, it became an, obs an obsession for me where I wanted to make sure that, you know, the little niche community that we had built on Instagram yeah. was being, could, could rely on DAP sports to be live every night at 5 PM. Okay. Okay. So when you started, um, with your breaks, did you, break on Instagram or on different platforms or was there one that you were really dedicated to? Dedicated to Instagram at first okay. and there was a lot of players in the game though at the time. There was Pole Wax right. had been live, Layden Sports Cards, Mamba, Bullpen. Yeah. Uh, the guy who really put me on his his name um, was Shap. He runs a company called Pole Kings out of Florida. Mm -hmm. So he was one of the first accounts I saw where I'm like, wow, breaking down math and going, I could be doing a nice amount of money from my bedroom yeah. if I follow this formula or even if I do 20% of what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's how it started. Cool. Uh, was it hard for you? I, I like to ask breakers that are big into the game. Like, was it hard for you to find product? I guess that's one of the key challenges to really getting breaking going. It was in the beginning. And fortunately for, for you know, me in California, we're very close to this spot called Frank and Sons. Anybody who's not familiar, it's kind of like a flea market slash mall, hmm. but it's all for collectibles, Pokemon, oh, cool. sports memorabilia, sports cards, uh, Pokemon anime, Marvel, and they got toys and they got Funkos and they got literally everything that a kid could really want. Right. Um, so that was 45 minutes away from me. I could always drive there, pick up product. And then I made some relationships online through Instagram with kids in the Midwest. Hmm. And whereas in Los Angeles, you wouldn't have your blaster boxes and your mega boxes on the shelf ever, these things would sit in Tennessee and Texas and, right. you know, Alabama. Some people just, you know, they didn't collect cards like they do on, on the, you know, the shores like New York and LA. Mm. So I developed a couple of relationships online and people would hit their local targets and, and sell them to me and ship them over here. Cool. That's amazing. You know, like we said in your intro, you guys have also been pumping out content on social media and just getting your name out there, getting your brand out there. I was wondering how um, do you come up with ideas for your videos? Because, uh, you know, they're at this point really well produced and, and pretty, pretty damn entertaining. So that's the, the push and pull of being a creative, right? And I, I rely tremendously now on a team of people, our editors, mm. our producers, our Everybody in the background who you might not see on camera every single day. And right. a lot of it is, you know, you, you're, you consume content. We all consume content on our phone, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or YouTube. And we, we resonate or we like that particular mm -hmm. type of content. And I might see a piece of content that has to do with, let's say, uh, golfing, right? And I'm like, oh, I really like the way that that guy edited that video, right? right. And it's a golf tip. And then I go, how do I do that, ex that same exact video, but instead of for golf, how do I do it for sports cards or how do mm. I do it for Pokemon? So a lot of it comes from just watching other people and, and what you see with your own eyes that you go, that's a cool piece of content. Nice, nice. And you know what I like about your videos, and you kind of mentioned this off, off the top, 
it's your authenticity <laughs> when you got started. And um, what I'm thinking about exactly is when, you know, for example, when you're ripping, um, you just don't show us the hits that you that you guys get, which a lot of channels do. But uh, you also show us your major busts, like like the recent video you did with Cassius uh, um, opening the hobby box of Panini Prison Football. That was hilarious. Um, but you still made that content fun to watch. There's a bit of authenticity and also a bit of fun. On that note, you know, I want to ask you also about the twins, Bo and Sam, who are pretty hilarious themselves and also do that kind of content really well. How did you get connected with those guys? So funny story. Remember back in my YouTube days, this is this is pre uh, Dap Sports on Instagram breaking. Yeah. Bo and Sam DM'd me after seeing one of my YouTube videos and said, my uncle has a Michael Jordan rookie card, BGS9. Would you be interested in buying it? Okay. And that is how we met. Is that right? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And, and when did it get to the point where you're just talking about cards and whether you're interested in buying, selling to them helping you out with the content creation part of your business? So Bo and Sam are just true, you know, card, sports cards addicts, right? Like they love <laughs> right. ripping packs, right? And like we all are, we love to rip packs open and... Yeah. They soon after I said, no, I'm not interested in purchasing the card. I had actually just purchased a PSA 9 Jordan like a year earlier. So mm. I wasn't in the market. And then it became, hey, can we come buy boxes from you? Because back back then, finding your blaster boxes and mega boxes was an extreme challenge to right. find them in a Target or a Walmart. You couldn't find them there. True. So now they kind of have this guy who, you know, they could drive an hour. I think they were in a... Orange County at the time. So they were about an hour away from me and they were like, we want to rip cards this bad. We'll drive an hour to some guy we met okay. on the internet place, right? <laughs> right. To pick up cards. So they drive over and, and they just, they, like, like I said, they had a genuine love for ripping sports cards. So we connected and then they would ask questions. And then we just kept talking about TikTok content. And, you know, I was very impressed with the following that both of them had built mm. for themselves. I, I had been building mine. I was, you know, probably 20% of the following uh, of theirs when I met them. Mm. And as we started to talk, they basically pitched me, Hey, we'll create, um, we'll create content for you. We just want to rip some boxes. And it seemed like a pretty fair deal to me at the time. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's rip some and film it. Nice. That's pretty funny. And, um, you know, like you're, you're also part of this content creation too, still. And, uh, you know, you've talked to some big names and influencers on your channel. Uh, I saw the Steve Aoki interview. That was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, guys in the hobby, we all know, like Jeff Wilson, C. Blaz, and Michael Rubin, of course. Um, who would you say you had the best time or at least the most interesting time talking with about the hobby? That's a great question. Um, going to Steve Aoki's house, he's got like the coolest house i've ever been to it's like right. the ultimate man cave there's multiple pools and saunas and cold plunges and amazing there's a trampoline into a, a foam pit it's just <laughs> it's and wow, he's got okay. every collectible that you could ever think of steve yeah. has got the coolest house i've ever and you're just walking around like is this megatron's helmet you know what i mean and like <laughs> right. there on a, on a piano and yeah, there's yeah. This incredible mickey mouse banksy in the living room they're just really 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 cool stuff in steve's house yeah. and then he's he's a true collector of not only cards but art and toys figurines hmm. etc so um steve's got to be up there at the top for me just because it's authentic it's genuine he really loves to collect yeah yeah and you know if you follow steve aoki's channel too he's 
not ashamed of t- talking about his collections and and anything he breaks open. So it's pretty pretty awesome. More logistics question now. Uh, you know, you're in the business of breaking, which we talked about, and that also means you have to always be on top of getting inventory and staying on top of that side of the business. And then you're creating content for your socials, which we also just talked about. So I'm wondering, how do you find time to manage all those things now, especially as your channel gets bigger? And and what's your typical day like these days? Clark, it's difficult, Matt. It's not <laughs> sure. easy, you know. And and it's been a it's been a learning experience for me over the last couple of years, hmm. um, just prioritizing what's important at any given time, right? Because in the beginning, all I cared about was was content, creating content, because right. I thought that was the driver in the company. But then you realize you need a significant amount of funding to create content, mm. right? It's not it's not cheap. Now there's a there's not to say there's a tremendous amount of TikTokers who do it from their bedroom and are so creative. And yeah. I admire them. I'm like, wow, they I don't think they put any money into this. They just use what they had around their house and their creative brain right. just produced this, which is which I, like I said, admire so much. Um, so it, it, it kind of went from I want to produce content to breaking, which just took over. Mm. And then breaking became what I had to do every single day. And then I hired one breaker and two breakers and five breakers and 10 breakers. Yeah. And then I didn't have to break as much. And then net. So now three years later, I'm slowly going back to focusing a little bit more on content the mm. way I did it in my early years, um, which is amazing for me because everything seems to co- come full circle. And like, this has been my vision from the beginning. DAP sports is a media company. Yeah. Um, we want to produce content that is educational and entertaining for everybody who's watching. And we will continue to do that. And, We'll also be in the live shopping game on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or where, whatever Fanatics Live, eBay, whatever the the channel is on. We want, you know, the the hat and the the sunglasses to be on there, making sure everybody uh, is aware of our brand. Nice, yeah, and definitely a pretty distinct logo and branding. You guys have done really well there. Um, I like to ask this question to those who are really invested in the hobby, as you guys are. Um, where do you see the hobby being in like five to ten years? I know that's a hard question, but in general, do you see more growth, less new companies coming into the space, uh, fanatics dominating everything? What's your what's your thought on the future of the hobby? Uh, I absolutely think there will be uh, growth in the hobby over the next five to ten years. I don't think um, Michael Rubin invests money to lose it. I think he invests right. money to produce and make money. I've met him; extremely bright guy, another guy I admire, um, and I think that. The same way they did an f- uh, incredible job of, of marketing for their for the jerseys for NFL, NBA, yeah. uh, MLB. Now they're getting WWE and UFC and right. you know soccer, and they even have NCAA deals now with Alabama and you yeah. know Texas or whatever other teams they have. Right? They did an incredible job of of reaching their audience, and now they're going to leverage their audience into the sports card market and we could see, I mean, I think 10 X the hobby is a, um, is a, is a high ceiling, but even if it's two or three X, it's a lot more people Mm. in the hobby, which ultimately will increase the demand for cards. So if you are in supply of low numbered, low pop gem mint tens or just low numbered cards in general, the value of your cards is going to go up because there's more buyers in the market. Right. So, 
I am just, uh, I'm excited to see it unfold over the next couple of years. We're over here at DAP Sports. Listen, sports cards are definitely our focus, but we have uh, visions of of a hundred streams in a warehouse, mm. not only selling sports cards, but Pokemon, anime, Marvel, DAPS toys, DAPS kicks, uh, Poke DAPS, right? All these different streams will be uh, yeah. creating and producing and, and, and selling and live shopping. Yeah, sounds exciting. And uh, yeah, we're, we're there with you guys. We think the sports card industry and the trading card industry um, in general is, is a lot of room to grow. I guess uh, one question I didn't think of that I want to ask you now, I, I, I think I recently saw that clip where you did meet Michael Rubin, who I hope uh, I'll, I'll get to meet one day. How was that? What was that experience like? And, and you know, just talking with James Harden, I think it was that same clip um, uh, when you were with Michael Rubin. What was that like? Yeah, uh, Mike is, has been super good to us and uh, with his time and just being the, you know, being the, the person that he is, a billionaire, you know, obviously he's hanging out with celebrities all the time, yeah. has major influence uh, in multiple markets. And, you know, we asked him if he would come to our shop and he pulled up and we did some box breaks and shot some content together. And, nice. you know, he didn't have to do that. Um, so he really, really that like we appreciate that over here at DAP Sports. And that's why um, I'm confident that, you know, he's going to make the right moves to expand the hobby, increase mm. the audience, increase the people who come into the hobby. And uh, we just want to be a part of over here at DAP Sports. We try to create affordable price points. So when people do get introduced to one of our live streams, you don't need $10,000 to buy a flawless case. You don't need $3,000 to buy a national treasures box. We're creating price points, $29, $39. Nice. You come in, you buy a team, you buy it that, that you're a fan of, right? And you can enter a break and maybe you hit a $100 card, maybe you hit a $5 card, but you know, you're not breaking the bank right. um, when you come yeah. into the hobby. And then if you want to eventually educate yourself and learn more about the hobby, you can slowly, uh, you know, take steps to get to that prism yeah. hobby box or that, you know, optic hobby box, whatever yeah, yeah. it may be. Right. Yeah. Awesome to hear. Pretty cool. We always like to end off our interviews with some rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. And uh, yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be a fun way to end this interview. Um, we always like to ask, what's your favorite PC card at the moment? Do you have one? The one that popped into my head immediately, I have a PSA 10 Kobe Bryant black refractor. It's, I think it's 2008 tops Chrome. It's either 07 wow. or 08. Okay. And okay. I'm obsessed with like 07 Chrome, 04 Chrome, 08 Chrome. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple years, but 04, 07 and 08 are probably like my top three. And I, I'm, I'm on eBay like, oh, should I buy this one? Should I buy that one? And I'm like, right. I got it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty iconic that especially the 0708 year for sure i agree um what card was your biggest hit in one of your breaks um one of the biggest we hit was a, a nebula joe wow. burrow 101 oh, and at the time when we hit it like he was you know the greatest thing since sliced bread it's not <laughs> right the oh and two joe burrow right that uh it's still early still early rounds right in, in the rain i think by the way i think that that was totally overblown you know joe burrow lo lost and this and that i'm like it's week one he has a hurt calf and also it's raining right so <laughs> right <laughs> take a lot of <laughs> i'm i'm still a big joe burrow believer for sure too so i'm with you um you've been to several card shows uh, what would you say is the most underrated or, or the card show that more people should check out? 
I don't know if it's underrated, but the card show that everyone should check out is the Dallas Card Show. It's mm. every 60 days. It's the most stable. You're always going to have a good time there. Sometimes the traffic is up, but even if when it's not up, there's still plenty of deals to be had. There's people who from, are from the East Coast who are going to be there, West Coast, because it's kind of central, right? Or right. the most central you could be um, in the States. And uh, it's just, it's really comfortable because the hotel is at the convention. So you take the elevator down, cool. there's a restaurant right there. You walk past a restaurant and that's the showroom floor. So nice. if you're tired and you're ha you've had a long day of travel, like you could go into the show early, come back at 1 PM, take a nap, go back down to the show. Right. And Convenient. what's also really cool about the Dallas card show is after the show, when it ends at six, seven o'clock at night, yeah. the, the lobby becomes trade night. So it's, it's pretty much a Awesome. Not 24 hour, but like a all day event until two, three in the morning. You're, yeah. you're, you know, you can really make trades, buy, sell, trade there. So it's fun. It's a fun uh, event for sure. Cool. Thanks for that tip. Got to make my way to Dallas sometime. Um, anyone in the hobby that you would like to still meet or interview? Um, because we know you've uh, done, had some big names already, but anyone that you haven't met yet that you would love to talk with uh, about the hobby? That's a great question. And I'm sure there's somebody who, you know, I haven't chatted with, but when you asked me the question, nobody popped up in my head Fair. immediately. Um, I think that uh, I'd love to talk to Post Malone only right. because of that yeah. Magic Gathering card that he recently purchased. That's and I'd love to his brain. And, and I'm not even the biggest Magic the Gathering guy, but I'm just like curious. I have so many questions. <laughs> right. How he got into it, like how he yeah. came up with that number, right? The, the experience with the guy yeah. you bought it from so no that's cool well uh i don't know if you know this we're we're um, uh, a canadian podcast or we're based in canada and that one ring card was broke open in uh, whitby which is just 30 minutes from toronto so there's your canadian connection for you right there love it. <laughs> um and on that note the last question i had for you and and all our podcast guests um get to answer this we make this last one specifically a little bit more canadian centric so i was wondering who do you think is the best Toronto Raptor of all time? My favorite Toronto Raptor of all time is Damon Stoudemire. Okay. Was, I was the biggest Damon Stoudemire fan, and Mighty I thought Mouse, the Raptors yeah. logo was the coolest thing ever when the expansion teams, the, the Raptors and the Grizzlies came out. I was a big Raptors guy. Yeah. Definitely had a Raptors jersey. Um, and then the two guys who stand out the most to me, and this, this isn't necessarily, I'm sure somebody from Toronto would disagree, but Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady, Yes. Like I, I, I think I had a McGrady jersey, the purple one with the, the black back, right? So right. they're 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 the guys who I loved as as Toronto Raptors the most. But I guess I would probably go with Vince just because he's just such an iconic figure. That dunk he did through the legs was like he yeah. started that, right? <laughs> For sure. And you know what? When If I did a poll of this question, Vince Carter is by far number one on the list. And yeah. and uh, Damon Stoudemire, that's the first. So you're the first to kind of mention that. So I'm, I'm glad you gave a shout out to Mighty, Mighty Mouse. Mouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Daps, again, I appreciate your time. Love the stuff that you're doing for the hobby. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best of luck in the future. I appreciate you, Clark. Had a great time on here. And, uh, you know, whenever I can be on the show again, you just let me know. Amazing. Thank you. All right, thanks again to Dabs for coming onto the pod and being gracious with his time. We look forward to connecting with him again in the future. So thank you, Dabs. And uh, yeah, it was a very insightful interview. Hope you guys enjoyed it. All right, let's move on to our next segment called Would You Rather? 
Okay, and in this segment, I'm going to give you guys two would you rather choices, okay? Questions, and, and you just got to pick one. That's it. All right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, let's start with the easy one. This one's really directed to John, all right? Would you rather have a, a hobby box and it says one hit per box and it could be relic or auto? We, you know, those. Those hobby boxes. Yes, yep. And we joke about it with our friend Will, who always seems to get the relic yeah. out of those boxes <laughs> instead of the auto, which is worth nothing. But would you rather, in, in this instance, have the relic card or a sticker auto card? Oh, God. Um, both horrible, but I would still rather take the sticker auto because the relic okay. is completely useless to me. Multicolor relic or sticker card? Oh man, you know if the if the if the relic was like an oversized, amazing looking patch, logo like an NT, yeah. you know, like the the Blue Jays logo, like something from a game used, sure. and it was very specific. I think I would take. Okay, whoa, I, whoa, I th- not game used, not game used. Oh, it's got to be game used. <laughs> it can't be, uh, okay. you know, not even player worn, not not tight to any specific, not one of those no. just junk. <laughs> Yeah, they they grabbed it off the rack at like Sporting Life or whatever, or Dick Sporting Goods. Um, Store, yeah. No, but if it, it was a pretty crazy patch, game used, uh, and it, you know if, the, if we're talking in the future, like Fanatics um, can specify what game or put a QR code saying signifying what what game this was from. Mm-hmm. I think that I would take that over sticker. At that point, I take that over sticker. But wow, the way okay. it is now. Uh, we know we know the tops release. Like you usually get a little white napkin. Like that's useless. I don't want that. <laughs> maybe you know. Maybe it has a stripe a stripe in it or something. Like no, I don't. That's right. That's, and it's not even game used. Like it, or or maybe they are game used. But you know, just player the, worn. The size of it is like a little penny. There's a little little penny window. It's it's, it's useless. <laughs> All right, yeah, stick her auto for John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. I'm going auto for sticker auto for sure. I, I I can't stand relics. Yeah, I, and you know it, it, it might it might change. You know, with fanatics in the game, I'm sure. I'm excited to see their relic game. Yeah, they got to up their game for yeah. sure. All right, so sticker auto sweep as it as it is now. Okay, all right. Number two, would you rather have that Victor Asturias Bowman Chrome Super Factor card that we were just talking about, and you know you found out that there's another copy of that same Super Factor, or would you have one copy? Of the Topps Chrome Super Factor of Victor Asturias, if there was one, would you rather have one of those copies or just the one of one, and nobody knew about it? No, you know, you know that there's two out there. Would you have that? So would you still have that Bowman Chrome Super Factor? Well, in that? this in this situation, because Victor Asturias is kind of like a no name guy, he's yeah. getting all the attention in the world. So at least. At least Fanatic's gonna do something about it. I'm excited. Maybe a white box or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. something, something, something <laughs> nice. Whereas if you had that one of one, it's like no one would even know you had that, and mm. there wouldn't be any any love. Even though the right answer is like if it was a relevant player like Ethan Salas, I'd rather have the Ethan Salas solo, right? right. But in this Top situation, okay. yeah, I'm I'm seeing. I'm seeing some some leverage opportunity with Fanatics here because Fanatics okay, needs like to that. to step up their game here. Yeah. Hmm. Smart. <laughs> John, you too, or um. Ooh. 
What are you gonna do with the Victor's it's, it's Super Fractor, huh? No, yeah, it's gonna it's, it's s- so, sit in your common wait, cards. Clark, was your question specific to Victor Asturias, or was it like just generally? Well, you know what? Now that now that Hyung mentioned this second scenario, I, I wonder if it should be an Ethan Salas. You know, Tom's Chrome Super Fractor. You know, there's only one. There's it's no Bowman mistake Chrome? there. Yeah, but. But it's a Bowman Chrome. Uh, yeah, let's let's switch it up. Ethan Salas, would you change your mind, Young? Or? Yeah, I would change my mind. I would just mm-hmm. want the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth it. Tops Chrome, not Tops wow, Chrome. The okay. Bowman Chrome. No, no, no. I'm saying the Tops. Well, Chrome Ethan Salas, one one. Okay, if if Ethan Salas, like when he makes the majors, like yeah, yeah th- then that would make sense. But a Bowman first Chrome. Yeah. Okay. Even let's just say he had he made the big leagues, had his Tops Chrome Super Factor yeah. out. Yeah, I would just have that one of one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm with Young. You know, if it's this, I think this instance was so high profile, um, and very specific. I think there, if there are repeats in the future, it'll be a lot less newsworthy. Um. Mm. So yeah, for sure, take the one super factor. I think I'm gonna go Bowman Chrome. <laughs> Even if one other dude has it. Really. <laughs> you have to go. For a superstar first Bowman Chrome like that. Oh, you're you're saying Ethan Ethan Sal's first Bowman versus his tops Chrome, but there was but, there was two. But there's two first Bowman Chromes. Yes. Oh. That's oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I, 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 I yeah, I, I might go Bowman Chrome in that sense, <laughs> like because that's why I was I was confused with with the whole tops Chrome, but yeah. So that Bowman Chrome, Bowman Chrome, everyone, everyone? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Put me on Bowman Chrome because that's a huge yeah. card, man. He's yeah. a huge player, huge card. <laughs> huge. Even even if that's even if there's two, it's hey, a huge card. Hey, all I know is for somehow fanatics and tops manage to make negative cards, like one out of zero, <laughs> negative one. So there's no nothing wrong with two out of one. You know what I mean? That's it true. totally makes Anything, sense. It totally makes sense. They broke they broke all the rules <laughs> now. So yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> all right. Okay, that was a confusing one. My bad. Number three. Would you rather have a pack of cards? And you open it up, and they're all off-centered, like all off-centered, or they all had a dinged corner, oh. really bad dinged corner. <laughs> this, these, these are just rough. I'm gonna say, uh, man, bad, how bad's the corner? It's like it's like someone dropped it and uh, you know hit the corner right on the floor. <laughs> Corners are tough for me too. Like corners are like ah, oh, that's the first thing you look at, right? Um, yeah. But I'm unless gonna say they're really off centered. Unless they're really yeah. Off-centered. Well, no OC. Yeah, OC is probably the most eye appealing, right? So I'm gonna mm-hmm. say you definitely want don't want all off centered cards unless you're a collector. I know some guys that collect like really bad off centered cards. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, ding corners because. I've had some nice, nice cards that I thought were going to grade really well, mm-hmm. only to find out that it had a ding corner and it graded like a four on the corner. Oof. But it still looked, it's, it's, it's still in still a nice. one touch. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've heard that uh, these companies can replace your card if it's like really poorly off-centered. It, that may or may not be true. That is true. Okay. That is, is true. Yeah. yeah. So then, for me, wow. it's easy. I'm I'm taking the off center because, man, <laughs> dinged corners out of a pack that bothers me. like dinged corners bother me so much. And off centers like I mean, 
This is Battle OC's of like the, the most brutal. Like that. This is they're both brutal. Pick your poison. Let's, let's not get it twisted. But I think the yeah. tiebreaker is the fact that I th- you, you can submit your off center card to get it replaced. Now, if it's okay, a Victor well, Victor Asturias super fractor, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I didn't know that about off center cards, so I guess I'm going to know off center as well. <laughs> okay, uh, number four. I got two more. Would you rather spend five thousand dollars? On as many Young Guns rookie cards of a, a hot prospect, you can buy the same one, or one SP Authentic Future Watch auto card that was worth five k. Oh, I easy! Know the, I know his answer. Yeah, you know, you you know me. What's my answer, John? Yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's absolutely one. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather Future work Watch one hour or fifty hours? <laughs> <laughs> think, think about the upside, though. You know, Young Guns. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 and don't get me wrong. I played that game. I've done really well. It's a lot yeah, of work. Yeah. It could right. go, it could go the other way too, right? Like there's, True. there's things where you're just like, what, what was I thinking? Why do I have like a hundred young guns cards, right? <laughs> like, you know, and then it's like trying to liquidate them. Try, like, Hey, I got, I got a lot of Luis Robert base. If you guys ever need, <laughs> need one. You know, negotiating a deal, a deal kicker or anything, throwing that right. Luis, Luis Robert. Yeah, I mean, for Keep me, yeah, I, 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 I like dealing with bigger cards. I think it's you could make just as much profit or cleaner profit off one transaction. Um, and yeah, I'm just all about the rare cards in general. But don't get me wrong. Hey, there's nothing wrong with the the multiple cards of, of base or, you know, even refract. I did it with refractors and X-fractors. They do really well. You know, like there were times I was biting Tatis uh, refractors and X-fractors for 15 bucks and grading them for 15 bucks. And then, you know, like anything can happen from there. If you sure. have multiples, right, you could do really well. So there's that game, but uh, yeah, I'm going in this scenario, big 5,000, one $5,000 card. Yep. Okay. I am certainly a collector over a flipper. So it's an easy one. It's a single card for me too. To own the future watch okay. of a hot prospect, uh, fu- uh, future watch auto, yeah, I think I, I, as a collector, I would so much more enjoy that than having a hundred base young guns. Yeah, me too. It's a sweep, but I, I was wondering if I could get Hyung because I know he's played that game before. Played so. that game, yeah. It's just not, <laughs> yeah, not for you now. Yeah, okay. so t- uh, that's so twenty twenty one. You know, I put. You know, it's funny. I put all these uh, Instagram reels of like what the price action was especially in the 2021 season <laughs> when everything was super inflated and then how it just all drops and people and then, go nuts, uh, huh? <laughs> uh, you know well i got this one comment saying like what you know um whoever sold in 2021 won <laughs> <That's> all- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they are the winner of life right yeah, <laughs> and, totally and then um and they're like oh man the 2021 was a year like other comments like that and then i i commented back saying yeah, the good old days of 2021. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel right now. Way back Remember in those my days? days. Yeah. <laughs> two two years ago, man, those were, <laughs> were great times. <laughs> okay, uh, last one. Would you rather enter a break by choosing three different teams that each have one great rookie on the team? Okay, so you're choosing three teams and they all have at least one really great rookie. Or would you buy one team for the same cost of those three teams, but they have one superstar rookie. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to go three teams. Oh, really? I'm going to wow, go three okay. teams because I've I've gambled both ways. 
<laughs> right. And it's it's a it's a it's a easier way to lose with with three. Mm. You you lose big. You get you get kicked in the nuts pretty hard when you're when you're chasing that one big single one superstar. big superstar and you don't hit anything. It's 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 right. a hefty bill. But three, mm. like if I'm breaking Bowman Chrome, for instance, three teams would be a great like three solid teams would be a great like uh, break. I would yeah. actually enjoy that. You'd have a lot of cards that you would receive. Um, and if you have a good box or a good break, you could totally, you know, make your money back. But that, that big chase is like, you're just, you're just throwing things up in the air and see, seeing what sticks. Right. So, right. Yeah. It's, to me, it's a, it, it's easy. I've, I've done both. Don't get me wrong. And there, there are times when I'll still do both in the future. I will still chase after that superstar if I really like that superstar, right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. I have I have zero breaking experience, so I got to lean on Hyung here. I think the three makes a lot of sense. But screw it. I want Connor Bedard. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going single player. <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. You're all your money on the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go Bedard. Yeah. All right. Uh, wow, this is like upside down scenario. I think that it would be <laughs> Young saying one thing and John saying the other, but uh, I'm really confused. Um, I'm going with three teams too. I'm more risk averse yeah, when it comes to breaking, so <laughs> that's easy for me. All right, another fun edition of Would You Rather. We'll play again sometime soon in the near future. Let's end off the show with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And this is where each of us will put two cards up for debate, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll just debate which one we would rather invest in. All right, Hyung, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm going to go back to baseball with uh, Acuna. Um, yep. Him, he's, he, like, I didn't know we were talking before about Acuna and Betts and how, the, how it was cl- really close. But I think Acuna over the last week, two weeks, he's kind of separated himself. This guy has 139 runs. Yeah, he's leading, leading in hits, leading in runs, 206 hits. He's about to 40, 40, but maybe even 40, 70. He needs one more home run and three more bags to 40, 70. 70. Oh my god! Yeah, which is ridiculous. And we we mentioned this actually earlier before the season that. With the new rule, with the with the with the with the uh, rules of picking off the first, um, and also the pitch clock, that you're going to see people who right. steal more bags, more valuable, yeah. right? Take and we're advantage. seeing yeah. it, right? So um, I'm going to stick with Acuna in that sense, just because he's the hot topic and Otani's hurt. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a huge Acuna collector in the first place. So. Uh, we're going to go back to a Sapphire. I think that's one of my favorite cards, period. Um, the Bat Down Sapphire 2018, um, PSA 10. I know Card Ladder said there was one sold for 2000 but I think that was an error. Uh, the last sold, I believe, was $3,750. Um, so I'm going to pair that up with the Bowman Chrome Green Shimmer Auto. Okay, Green Shimmer. I know you guys don't like your... Your offsets, your 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 offset mm-hmm. parallels, but it's a Bowman Chrome Green Shimmer Auto of Acuna 2017 out of mm-hmm. 99, and that's a BGS 95. So that sold for 3,700 bucks. So 3,700 bucks is your absolute budget. You got two cards: the Acuna Sapphire Bat Down PSA 10 
or a Bowman Chrome Green Shimmer Auto BGS95 True Gem. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I, I'm going to say, I think Acuna Sapphire is iconic enough that it, it can hold its own. You know, I think, I, I, especially in the last 12 months, Bowman First has absolutely, completely taken off. Like, it, enough to the point where I think, like, People don't even recognize what Top's flagship is anymore in terms of like flagship image, that whole thing. So I think everybody is just so on the Bowman first train. Uh, so investment wise, I think you can make various serious arguments about the green shimmer. But, you know, if we're talking same money, I, I honestly think they both have legs to go up in value equally. So like if the green shimmer is one day $6,000, I think the sapphire will be $6,000, right? So if that's the case and it's pretty 50-50 and you know, um, it's give me the sapphire all day. Cause as a collector, I, I wanna be looking at that sapphire. It's it's one of the sickest modern cards of all time. So sapphire for me. Interesting. In this market, I gotta go by my principles. You gotta go for the numbered. You gotta go Bowman Chrome. Even though it's a shimmer, I'll look the other way. But uh, (laughs) number to 99, 2017 Bowman. Yeah, uh, that's easy for me. Although, as a collector, as like in terms of eye appeal, the Sapphire looks way better. Yeah, the Sapphire is one of the most beautiful cards. It is modern day. It's. I think it's the most beautiful modern day card. Hundred percent. And but I do like Acuna's auto. Like in his 2017, I really like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough mm-hmm. one for me. I've I used to have a BGS 1010 uh, refractor auto of Acuna, um, which I did well with uh, with that. So I ended up selling it, but that was one card that I regret having. And normally I would say Sapphire, but I'm I'm on the Bowman Chrome train lately. So mm. although I believe Sapphire that Sapphire PSA 10. That card went up to 10k at one point. So if you, th- wow. I don't think that green shimmer has ever gone up to that at the, at the same time, right? So I think the the sapphire will have a lot of potential, but I think the Bowman Chrome Auto is just his his autos are so rare in 2017, and I think over time uh, Bowman Chrome is going to pick up some steam with Acuna, especially if he keeps on repeating these seasons for the next three four years. I think. You'll have a really nice, uh, nice uh, 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 investment in in Bowman Chrome autos for Acuna. Mm. Nice, it's a good one. Nice, um, So, in honor of Friday's episode, talking about WWE license, we're gonna go. Who would you rather invest in? Because the three of us, we don't invest, collect WWE. Um, yeah. So, if we do, I'm sure it'll be one card or one person so if you were to invest hulk hogan or the rock <laughs> hulk hogan or the rock and I, I i i don't have much research done but i i kind of have a gist of pricing i don't want to reveal it yet because i want to kind of hear um i don't want to sway your, your decision based out, on pricing outsells, i have a feeling out rocks out or rock outsells uh hulk hogan so we're talking about any card or any card, just like you know, like going after a character. Yeah, going after a character. If you're gonna invest, man. For me, it's uh, I'll answer it. For me, it's it's easy because I grew up 
in in the Hulk Hogan era. Rock was I was out of wrestling and I I I I don't love him right now. Um so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say Hulk Hogan. I think there's a lot of nostalgia for in the 80s, early 80s, mid 80s, late 80s for kind of like WWF, I w- I want to say not even WWE. Uh, with Andre the Giant, you know, Jake the Snake, and Hulk. Hulk yeah. was the man, Ultimate Warrior, all those guys. So Hulk Hogan is is definitely means more to me. So I'm going to go Hulk. I wasn't a huge Rock fan, to be honest. So, But I, I guarantee you Rock outsells Hulk. Yeah, um, for the same reasons. I grew up with Hulk Hogan. And, and um, the only thing that's stopping me from going Hulk Hogan all the way is... Dwayne, like Dwayne Johnson, is such a huge celebrity right now, right? Right. So for investment purposes, there's potential there, you know. But but if we're talking about wrestling cards, you know, it. I don't know if wrestling card collectors care as much, uh, uh, you know, care as much that The Rock is also a huge actor. You know what mm. I mean? Like they're gonna care about his wrestling career more so and and just talking with sports card nobody shane um in one of our uh past podcast interviews you know there's there's a lot of vintage wrestling collectors that are hardcore and i think there's some i can see um, investment chances there too so i'm going with hulk i was just like looking at car ladder there's a yellow and blue border one from the um wrestling all-star series that you get from the magazine Mm. and um his that's more september 2022 it's more vintage, yep. September 20, 2022, it last sold um, a BGS 9.5 True Gem Plus for almost 53000 So wow. there are some Hulk Hogan cards in really good condition that, that do have value yep. as well. So for sure. Interesting. I'm going to go with Hulkamania. So, um, I, you know, very small sample size, but it appears as though Hulk Hogan outsells pricing-wise. The Rock by about fifty percent. So his like twenty fifteen wow. refractor PSA ten. Interesting. Uh, Hulk Hogan went for like eighty eighty five dollars. The Rock refractor PSA ten goes for around fifty. And then more recently, The Rock's Kaboom Raw uh, went. There is a Kaboom. I didn't know that, but there's a Kaboom Raw went for around nine hundred. And then the Hulk Hogan goes for around fifteen. To be fair, the Hulk Hogan image is the you know the iconic him like ripping his yellow shirt. So. The eye appeal on Hulk Hogan's Kaboom is amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, you know, like for, for, for us, we're going like very specific card, right? So like if you're going to pick Hulk Hogan, I think you're going to pick one of the, you know, whatever the yellow border, like his original, like quote unquote rookie card. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the card to chase if you're going to go for one. Um, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to say... I love the prospect of The Rock because you mentioned about the volatility because he's in Hollywood and there's a chance for for upticks. And I don't... We've seen Hulk Hogan's, I think, autograph in this year's Prism or Topps Chrome. One of the two products that I remember seeing Hulk Hogan's autograph. I don't think anyone outside of IP autographs, I don't think Dwayne Johnson has signed um, any cards in products. So I think if that one day changes later on, I think The Rock's autograph is going to be a different story once that hits the market. So for me, I think specifically to the autograph, and maybe it'll never happen. Like, who knows? But uh, for that reason, I'm going to pick The Rock. 
All right, that's. I feel like that's a classic John answer. He, it sounded like he was going Hulk all the way, <laughs> and then pivots last second <laughs> to choose the rock. John, man. <laughs> Should have known. I get fooled every time, though. <laughs> all right, uh, my pick one to end off the episode. Okay, you got thirty five hundred dollars, three thousand five hundred dollars. All right, Julio Rodriguez. We talked about his twenty nineteen Bowman Chrome Blue Refractor first auto. Number to 150, of course. BGS 9.510. Same grade, same blue refractor, but for Mookie Betts going about 3500 as well. So essentially, oh. would you rather spend it on Mookie Betts or Julio Rodriguez? Same oh. blue refractor, BGS 9.5. Who are you going for? Man, um, this this one's tough, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Mookie Betts. I think Ooh. the value is there. Um, and I think his pricing is going to c- consistently go up where Julio's can go down uh, at times, depending on his his career at the end of the day. Julio still has to play, whereas, you know, Mookie has eight seasons ahead of Julio. Eight. Mookie's been doing it for eight seasons, right? So we always see that dip around that third or fourth year of a player and you see the consistency of kind of like, okay, is this guy going to pan out? What type of player is he? Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? What's his trajectory in terms of his war, his career war? Where is he at now? Mookie's at a 60, 60, just under 65 war, and he just turned 30. So he he's a type mm-hmm. of player that could be 100, near 100 war if he keeps uh, healthy and keeps uh, playing the way he is. And that's 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 a select group of category, right? I can't say that with Julio until probably twenty thirty, to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. You won't be able to uh, say that. So I think there will be buying periods, and I could be wrong, where Julio just absolutely takes off, and you'll never see that blue at that price again because that mm-hmm. I'm sure that blue price on Julio is way down, right? And the blue on the Mookie is probably relatively up year to year. So technically. You know, if you're looking at it a year-to-year uh, uh, perspective, I think the right play is to buy Julio based on the market trends. But I think in general, the better buy is the Mookie bets. Okay. Uh, just to answer your question, uh, Julio Rodriguez, his blue refractor last summer in July sold for 8000 Yeah, there you go. So it's, it's, so it's a retraction of like 70%. Yeah. Or 60%. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna. I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's easy for me. It's gonna be the Mookie as well. I agree with Young. I think the value is there. The J Rod is tempting because it is a quote unquote a color match, um, kind mm-hmm. of. But the Mookie, it's not a color match. But I think the blue would be pretty significant because when it's when all is said and done, I think the Dodgers Mookie is gonna be the iconic Mookie that everybody thinks of in terms of his imprint um, in baseball. And Mookie at this point with Trout continually getting injured, like he could go down as the dude of our generation. I think Young might have mentioned this in a pod previously. Mm. I don't know where I heard it from. Maybe I think it was pretty much. Yeah. I think it was Young that mentioned it. And I'm yeah. I'm kind of starting to believe that, right? Because the guy he doesn't get injured. Like he's putting up monster numbers. He's 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 mashing home runs. Uh, and maybe he may not catch Trout statistically and WAR and et cetera, et cetera. But He's going to have championship rings under his belt. Like, I don't know. So uh, I think there's a chance Mookie can can 
catch Mike Trout in terms of legacy or maybe, you know, um, go past Trout, maybe. So I, I, I think the, that, that temptation and that, that prospect is, is huge. So, and, and Mookie is so undervalued for who he is and how much of a study is and clearly going to be a Hall of Famer. So it's, it's, yeah, it's Mookie bets all the way. Yep. Um, the one thing that bothers me right now, at least, is like, what else does Mookie have to do to get more love? You know what I mean? Is he going to be one of these guys that just doesn't get the appreciation he deserves fully? Right. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then there's going to be a cap on his value, right? Like I, you know, I said um, J Rod's blue refractor sold for 8K last July. Um, Mookie's blue refractor sold for 5K last July. Mm. So it's gone down too, not as much, obviously, but you know, like it's it's kind of sideways a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and and do we have to wait till he gets into the hall, like until people s- realizes like what he's accomplished in his career, right? So that's what kind of makes me hesitant to, you know, not to not to buy Mookie cards because I would love it and I think it's a safe investment, but do I? you know, want the J-Rod card and and for the volatility, you know, because there's still a hype. He's 22, you know, he could take that next level. Do I think there could be a spike where I could flip it, you know, more mm. in the short to midterm? So that being said, I, I'm not a risk taker, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> John. He just, yeah, he pulled. He jawned it. Yeah, I had to. Um, <laughs> But you know that's tempting. I, I you know what? I, I'll take the risk with uh, like a just a refractor of J Rod, not the blue level. You know, maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred. I'll spend on J Rod, and and I'll get my kicks that way. But when it comes to blue, yeah, I'm gonna go stick with Mookie Betts. He's incredible. All right. Thanks again to all those who are tuning in to our podcast week after week. We appreciate you guys, and and I hope you guys enjoy the interview with Daps. Thanks again to Daps as well, and and uh, we'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at Five Card Guys, or you can follow Young at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at fivecardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.